Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And the two things are, are this. There's, there's a... Sure, you're you're stuck, or you're lazy, or you're you're misguided, but you have to be curious. And uh, that curiosity led me to read the back page of the newspaper, to to be willing to um, to reach out and, and take an, and take an opportunity, or to reach out for an opportunity. So there's this curiosity that leads to this audacity to reach out. You know, if if I hadn't if I had just looked at that job ad and like ignored it, then I would have never gone down this really cool path. And who knows what would have happened. And I think having the practice of being curious to at least be curious about what's on the other side of the fence, what's on the other side of the road, what there might be out there, if you still at least have that inside of you, whether it's to, to reach out for a, a job offer, to reach out to someone who you um, admire, who you've read an article about, or it's just being curious to test something, you know, like, do I, could I sell something online? Could I build a website? You know, could I make money charging limes and see where that goes? How you day? How you day? How you all doing? I hope you are having an amazing, amazing day. That was the voice of Nate Broughton. And Nate reminds me of Tim Ferriss in many ways, if you are familiar with who he is. And Tim Ferriss is someone that deconstructs complex things and explains them in such a way that they're applicable to you. That's what we did in today's interview. We really broke down what exactly it means to figure out the opt-out moments of your life, those pivotal moments of your life, those times in your life when you figure you need to change, but you're not quite sure what to do, what direction to move towards, where to even start. So that's a lot of what the focus is on in today's interview. We also cover the story and we talk about what it's like to travel with kids. You're really going to enjoy the episode because this is applicable to anyone, anytime, anywhere. <laughs> uh, I do have to do my obligatory reminders for the masterclass. The early bird tickets for the masterclass ends on the 30th. So that's Friday. And after that, the prices go up. So for those people that can't join physically, once again, there's an online version. There's an online course essentially on what exactly it's like to build a speaking career, a paid speaking career, to figure out how to use your voice to build a platform. And I'm distilling everything I've learned as someone who speaks about 40 to 50 times a year, who's done TEDx, who's done United Nations, and, and several organizations that allow people to really come tell the stories of impact. I want to make 2019 the year of your voice, so I'm putting everything I've learned into this. I would love for you to, to check it out. And I'm going to put that in the show notes for you to check it out. The early bird tickets run out on Friday, the 30th, but they're still going to be available till the 15th. So let me know if you're interested. Click the link in the show notes. I would love to see you there. I would love to share what I've learned. And I'd love to help you make 2019 the year of your voice. Enjoy the episode. 
Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads and today's episode is with Nate Broughton. Now Nate is an internet marketing veteran of 17 years who specializes in lead generation and client acquisition. He's built and sold four companies and been involved in several acquisitions with private equity firms. After finding success in his 20s, Nate's big opt-out pivot was moving all the way to California from Missouri. He's originally from Missouri in 2011, and he and his wife are frequent travelers, which a lot of you are in the audience, and they have now mastered the art of traveling with two kids. So we're going to be talking about the (laughs) opt-out philosophy, what the art of traveling with two kids is, and how to essentially press the reset button in your business projects and lifestyle. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. Uh, Well, the pleasure is mine. So... Before all the success, before the wife and kids and the traveling and the selling of the companies, there was a young Nate Broughton. <laughs> young Nate Broughton was in Missouri. What was he thinking then? And what really charted his part, uh, his path rather, to um, becoming who you are today? Tell me all about it. I would love to. I uh, I think that uh, that young Nate Broughton was he was a little bored. I think you know he was uh, he was stuck. Landlocked, and uh, and really my my journey where all that stuff kind of kickstarted goes back to a moment I had when I was a freshman in college, and uh, I was bored. I mean, it's not just a joke. I was just sitting around. You know, you go to class for a couple hours, and it was early in the semester, and I was just getting adjusted to this new schedule uh, where you have a lot of free time in college, and a lot of people use that time to kind of goof off, I think, or drink or chase girls or whatever. Not saying I didn't do that, but there's a lot of time to use. And I, uh, I was reading the school newspaper and I saw an ad for a, um, a job and it was, you could work out of your dorm room and make 10 bucks an hour. And, uh, I responded to that job ad. I looked up the company and it turned out to be kind of a startup that was selling tickets online. So everyone today knows show me to, or that's our company, excuse me. Everyone today knows StubHub and places like that where you can go and buy resale tickets um, to concerts and events. Well, this was, you know, 17 or 18 years ago and those companies weren't nearly as big as they are today. So it was kind of the wild west, especially online. And this company broker tickets basically, you know, as a couple guys in their mid twenties, brothers who, um, you know, has started out by reselling football tickets to the, the college that we, uh, the college town and the college I was in. And they kind of grew from there. They learned the power of online marketing. And, uh, when I got caught up with the company, they were just starting to take off and, I learned online marketing from them. We started in their basement and their bedrooms and grew it into a, a pretty big company that by the time I was a senior was uh, did $22 million in revenue. <clears throat> wow. Excuse me. And, uh, and then was acquired by Tickets Now, which uh, was eventually acquired by Ticketmaster. So it was a, a quick introduction into the, the power of online marketing and also entrepreneurship. You know, I didn't know much about that. I wasn't one of the traditional entrepreneurs who was, um, you know, selling lemonade or hustling candy in the lunchroom. I uh, just got caught up with these these guys and this whole crew. Um, we had about 50 employees by the time the company sold, and every single one of them was a 20-something, you know, college student or recent college grad. So a really cool culture, and they showed me the way, and uh, and that's what really kicked it off. That's uh, that's so interesting to me because you talk about being bored and you know you know people always talk about being wary of the idle mind and you're a big fan of you know you know people like Tim Ferriss who deconstruct things and I'm wondering yeah. if you could deconstruct what that was like because I know that people listening right now who either are in college like you said or in a phase in their life where they feel 
like their their motivation has been drained. There's almost no purpose. And your compass, it seems, was really just seeing that ad. But if you're looking back now, what can you extrapolate in the form of actionable tips for the audience right now? I think two things, um, and they're kind of interrelated. And we talk about this a lot with Opt Out Life and kind of where I'm at today with our podcast and everything, which I know you will talk more about. But these are themes that are not just there in my story, which we've just recapped, but themes of dozens or hundreds of other people that I've met and who have, uh, you know, all gone off on their their own way. But it kind of comes back to these moments. And the two things are, are this: there's there's a sure you're you're stuck or you're lazy or you're you're misguided. But you have to be curious, and uh, that curiosity led me to read the back page of the newspaper to to be willing to um, to reach out and, and take an, and take an opportunity or to reach out for an opportunity. So there's this curiosity that leads to this audacity to reach out. You know, if if I hadn't if I had just looked at that job ad and like ignored it, then I would have never gone down this really cool path, and who knows what would have happened. And I think having the practice of being curious to at least be curious about what's on the other side of the fence, what's on the other side of the road, what there might be out there. If you still at least have that inside of you, whether it's to, to reach out for a, a job offer, to reach out to someone who you um, admire, who you've read an article about, or it's just being curious to test something, you know, like, do I, could I sell something online? Could I build a website? You know, could I make money charging limes and see where that goes or bird scooters? There's that curiosity and audacity to kind of just do something and like take an action that, that has to make that action has to happen for these things to happen. And, and I had that and if, and I've replayed that out at a few different points in my life. Like I've read articles about people who own businesses that I admire and I've reached out to them and that's led to a whole nother career thing. You mentioned the private equity deals that I did in the intro. Mm. I mean, that really did come back to read an article about someone in the globe and mail uh, admiring what this guy had built and sending a cold email, which led to a coffee, which led to basically an offer to partner and a friendship and got me into that path. That's definitely not the way that people typically get into private equity. Most of them go to Ivy League schools and then intern at Goldman Sachs or whatever. It was all down to just being curious enough to read and look around and audacious enough to just reach out. So those two things, curiosity and audacity, if you have those things, then you, you try things, and you have to try a bunch of different things for, for good things to happen. It's not an overnight success. It's not a guarantee of, you know, you try once and things are going to happen. But if you maintain those two qualities, I think good things happen to anyone who does that. Be audaciously curious. I love that. And, then, yeah. you know, something I always say is, you know, uh, follow your I'm Something actually not I always say, my best friend always says, is follow your curiosity because it's going to lead right. to your passion. And that's uh, that's incredible. I love that. So article, cold calling, and just really tapping into that. And I think it's, it is so interesting because when people do say that they are bored, or they, they're not quite sure where the next step is. If you really dissect and sit with yourself for a little bit and be mindful, you know, it's, it's almost like meditation, reflect on what things spark your interest. It doesn't matter how mundane they may seem, but what actually piques your interest? Is it sports? Is it music? Is it people that are successful or, you know, people like Oprah, Will Smith. And it's not just stopping there. It's more about thinking why you're attracted to people like that and why you're attracted to sports. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think that, you know, along with that, if it sounds weird to send cold emails to people or send cold calls or, you know, respond to job ads, you can go to local meetups. Like, and that meetups is kind of a, a lame word to me where I'm like, I don't want to go to a meetup, but actually I do. And a lot of good things have happened to me from that too. So if you're 
curious about real estate investing for an, is an example that we use a lot. There are a ton of real estate investor association meetings happening no matter where you live in the country. And going to one of those and shaking someone's hand and asking them what they do and learning can lead to a lot of opportunities too. That's another place where I've dabbled, where I've, I've met investors and wholesalers and, and people like that at real estate events just from having a curiosity and having read about it and wanting to get into it. And going to those meetups, which, you know, sometimes those, they, they feel awkward. You're standing around, you don't know anyone. But then if you're audacious enough to go shake someone's hand and introduce yourself, you do that a few dozen times, it leads to lunches and opportunities as well. So if you don't want to sit in the, the cold of your room and send emails, then go find a local meetup. And, and you know, they're not all going to be great. The same rule of uh, math applies. But I think forcing yourself to do that will put you in a good position for opportunity as well. I agree. I agree. So... Now let, 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 let's talk more about uh, Nate. Uh, and yes, I am talking to you like you're it's the third person here. But um, <laughs> so this this is it. You, you finally you, your curiosity led to to that ad, which led to the company being bought out. Your mm-hmm. next pivot is about to happen. What are you thinking at that moment? Well, you know, I, I spent a few more years working with those guys in Missouri. Uh, we had a, a few more successes. Uh, you know, we, we had, I had done well by them working hard as a, as a college student, basically, although I was working nearly full time, working pretty cheap, making 10, 12 bucks an hour while, while they were, you know, kind of raking in the millions. But it paid off after that exit because they were like, let's start some stuff together. So, uh, you know, we, we built a, they built a mortgage company and I did the marketing for that. We built an insurance agency. So there were some other entrepreneurial ventures that, that happened over the, the, the years thereafter. But the real, you know, I think the thing that, that we're moving towards is, you know, my, my opt out mm-hmm. and using parlance is my, my big move out to, to California and, and then doing all this travel. So during those years where we were growing some new businesses and I started to <clears throat> make some, some more money myself and we were finding some success, I, I still felt stuck in a way, uh, not necessarily bored, but, um, but stuck where it was, uh, I wanted to, uh, you know, go out and live in some, a place different and experience some things different. I think it's a very common thread for people. Like, you know, no matter where you grow up, you kind of wonder what else is out there, whether it's from movies or books or, or meeting people. And I met a lot of people that, that had my skill set in internet marketing when I would go to conferences and retreats that lived uh, a lot more freer lifestyle, it felt like. You know, I was, I was kind of jealous of the guys that when we were leaving the, uh, the event that were flying back to, to San Diego or to San Francisco or to who knows where, to Vancouver, to, to somewhere like uh, just a little bit sexier than Missouri. And uh, they, it seemed like they were a little more freer. They didn't have like office spaces and they, they spent time at the beach and I wanted to experience that lifestyle. So, uh, you know, it took me a couple of years to kind of figure out how to, you know, gracefully make that move. But, um, but we had some things started uh, entrepreneurially where I was able to, you know, take some people with me. And ultimately, we decided to, to move to San Diego. So my wife and I packed everything up and moved to a city where, you know, we didn't know a ton of people, um, where all of our family um, is back in Missouri and a lot of our friends were there. And, it was kind of a leap, but uh, it, we haven't looked back. It's been incredible. And I could go on and on about this town and this place and the lifestyle that I've gotten, but it was it was definitely something that I would just would walk home every day and be like, you know, this is really things are happening really great for me business wise, but this place just doesn't feel like home. I want to be surrounded by people who are you know have a different mindset, and I just want to experience something new, and, and that really drove me to to make the move. Well, look at that. So you talked about curiosity being audaciously curious, and then you've mentioned mindset and environment. So 
This is I, I love what we're doing here because we're charting the course to essentially map out your opt-out life. So when you follow your curiosity, <laughs> it's about, you know, you got to create an environment where you're challenged in a way that, you know, puts you in a direction for, you know, the place that you want to go. And your, mm-hmm. you talk, and your particular path was you changed. It wasn't just a, a mental environment. It was a whole physical environment and a whole different coast, different weather. I don't know if you knew a lot of people and you still did that while having to convince, you know, your wife and, and kids. Yeah. That yeah. is a tough thing for people to do because sometimes people always say it's easier to do it if you're single. So I'm, for me, for example, I'm single and I've always moved. So it's my, it might be easier for me. How do you navigate that with a spouse and family? Well, I think uh, a couple things we uh, that worked well for us that I do pass on to others. One is I, I did make a few connections in San Diego before I moved through business. So I had the thing that I had going was was business and it was going well, and I, I was networking and going to events. And if I met someone at an event that was from San Diego, they were my new best friend for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to hear about their lifestyle and, and, and the, the city and, and just hopefully try to reaffirm some of the assumptions I had as just a visitor because it's very different to live in a place than to visit it. Uh, everyone that goes on vacations, like especially if you go to a cool place, you're like, man, it'd be fucking awesome to go to the beach every day um, in San Diego. But right. you know, Monday morning's still Monday morning. So I wanted to kind of pick the brains of people who still live there or who did live there, excuse me, to kind of, you know, flesh out what I understood about the place. That also gives you um, some people to have dinner with when you when you do bring your spouse out. So that was the next step. It was, you know, let's let's go to San Diego. And, you know, this time it's going to be a little different. We're not going to stay in the tourist place. We're going to stay in a neighborhood, an Airbnb, and we're going to go to dinner with some of my new friends. And introducing her to them um, is important because she starts to feel some connection to the place. And, and then after that, the next step for us was actually spending a summer in San Diego. So um, if you can have this opportunity, I know that's not going to work for everyone, but my wife was a teacher. She got summers off. You know, I, I work online. I was like, let's go out there for 10 weeks and really give this a go to, to test it out to see if this is right. Um, because we, we feel like it is, but you never know. Like I said, it's different when you're actually there. So we did that for a summer and I used some of those business connections to have people to hang out with and you know we joined the gym and we you know went to the farmers market and really kind of pretending like we were locals and that I think made it a lot easier to come back the next year and actually move so it was a very uh, it was a process and I know not everyone can do all those steps but especially creating the relationships I think anyone can kind of pull that off in their own way um, to so it doesn't feel like a, a scary new place when you know it wears off how cool it is that it's you know the weather's great and everything that, that wears off after a little bit, it has to be home. So yeah. those are the things that we did, and I think that helps. That's awesome. Okay. So now you you come to, is it San Diego or just another part of California? Yeah, San Diego. So you come to San Diego. Is this where you meet uh, Dana? Yeah, yeah. He was one of my uh, my first connections here in the in town. Okay. And for context, um, um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Dana Robinson is – his co-host of the Opt Out Life podcast, which is a popular podcast about creative hustlers who are living their version of modern success, making money with side gigs in real estate to achieve financial freedom. So that, you know, and, and, and that was actually how we, we got connected because of his, his brand and Opt Out. So can you tell us a story about that? You, you moved here, one of your first connections, and you're like, let's do something together. Yeah. Um, you know, it was it was one of my first trips out to San Diego for for business actually near when I was getting ready to to move out for the summer. But I uh, I 
I found a guy on Twitter. This is worth telling the story because it's kind of uh, odd. But I was at the airport. I found a guy uh, on Twitter who was going to the same event as me. He was using the same hashtag. And uh, he uh, just asked if anyone wanted a ride up to the event. So I just responded and said yes. And we found each other. And I hopped in his car. And he, uh, we were chatting on the way up. And he said he needed to stop by someone's house to pick up um, his bacon explosions. So bacon explosions um, was this thing that this guy had invented and he was bringing them to the event. He had won some barbecue contest. But uh, long story short, those bacon explosions were sitting in the fridge of Dana, my partner now. Um, so we stopped by his house and walked up to his door and he opened the door, invited us in and we hung out for actually for a couple hours, had wine out on his patio. He lived on what is I've learned is called the Street of Dreams in La Jolla in San Diego, um, which is this really fancy street right on the ocean. And uh, I was just enamored with uh, you know him. He was you know probably about forty at the time. He was an attorney. He had pieces of all these different businesses, uh, you know, fashion um, and, and some other things he'd done, and lived in this cool house. So I was like, this guy is someone I I want to be like. You know, I aspire to be like this, especially still stuck in Missouri. So we hit it off pretty quick, and. Um, you know, not long after that, I came out and stayed in, uh, he had like an apartment above his garage. So that was the Airbnb I stayed in when I came to know San Diego with my wife. And we struck up a friendship and it's, it's built over 10 years of us. Uh, we started hosting networking events in San Diego for other entrepreneurs and investors. That was kind of our first venture where, you know, he was busy with his law practice and other things and, and I was doing my thing. But it was like, let's bring a bunch of people together in San Diego you know, he had a desire to do that to uh, to connect with more people like me, and I had a desire to do that because I wanted to meet more people in San Diego. So, if you can become a connector and a center of influence in any way, shape, or form, even if it's just throwing you know parties and events for for like-minded entrepreneurs, that helps. So, we built that up over nine or ten years, bringing together people, and you know, we never charged anything for it. We never had sponsors. It was just like come hang out with other people that you know you probably don't see on the day to day, but are doing things like you. Whether you're a designer, a developer, a, a college kid who's looking to get in the game, an internet marketer, an investor, and that was really. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Be fun. And uh, and that all kind of led to this opt-out thing, actually. Um, we can continue on. You want me to keep going? Yeah, absolutely. I, I love it. And, and even, okay, cool. okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, because you're you're you dropping so much knowledge here. I mean, um, even and I said right. you, can keep, you can keep going, and I'm talking over you. So sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, but just <laughs> felt, you, felt like we should pause. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, as as a recap, you know, you, uh, you know, we're talking to Nate here. Nate's talked about following your curiosity. 
um, look seeking out people you admire, trying to set up those networking opportunities, uh, and engineering your environment to suit your 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 position in a way where it challenges you uh, to to be the person that you say you want to be. And then you just brought up be a connector, be a connector. It's super right. important. So pass the mic back to you. <laughs> All right, there we go. Cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, D- Dana and I did that for nine or 10 years and I, we, we ended up investing in some things together on the side. Uh, we served on a couple boards of companies. So, so we had mutual interests and, uh, we became just close family friends as well. But, um, but there was a point in time a couple of years ago where, um, I mean, I, I clearly remember this, where he he felt a bit overwhelmed professionally. He was, I think, in his mid-40s at the time. He had a, he had a daughter pretty young, and she uh, she was going off to college. And it was just a time in life where, I don't know if it was a quarter-life or midlife crisis or, or it was just a function of being in too many businesses at once. But he just felt overwhelmed. So taking the opportunity to have the kid out of the house, him and his wife, sold all their stuff. They uh, kind of shut some of the businesses down and he, he kind of put people in charge of his inbox and he went to Bali for a year, year and a half. Uh, it was a one-way ticket when he first went and it ended up being about a year and a half to reset and to uh, kind of, you know, um, stop doing stuff that he felt like wasn't producing results and, and just kind of, you know, make himself be on a different time zone and, and get back control of his life. And that's important to bring up because while he was there, he wrote a book and that book was called Opt Out. And it was really, I mean, it's the story of going to Bali and why he did it. But it's also, you know, as you go through the book, it's it's his philosophies and life and how he's kind of built this rich life without really being a truly rich person. I mentioned he lived on the street of dreams. Well, Dana's not someone who has $20 million in the bank. He's, uh, you know, he's a working attorney who has pieces of businesses and has done okay, had some base hits. Um, and he owns some real estate. So he goes through, you know, how he, he got into some of these things he calls side gigs or side hustles that continue to throw off money, how he manages multiple businesses and how he invests in real estate for long-term wealth building. And then some things about expense hacks and kind of controlling expenses. And really it's just, you know, his four hour work week, his, his philosophy on life is all up in this book. And, uh, and when he came back and had that book in hand, he, he kind of gave it to me right before it was ready to publish at the beginning of this year. And I love the name, actually. I didn't know what the name was until he, he was like, hey, do you want to read my book? It's about to come out. And uh, I was like, yeah, dude, what, what's it called? He said, opt out. I'm like, that's, that's a cool name. It's kind of catchy. I, I think you get the point right away when you hear it. So uh, I read it. I loved it. And I was just at a point where I had recently sold a, another business and was like, let's build this thing into a community. Let's do a podcast. We both love that format. And to do a podcast, you know, who are our guests going to be? What's the format going to be? Let's let's bring on all these people from our networking event that we've been hanging out with for the last nine years. Their stories are amazing. They're the ones that inspire us. Um, these are not people you read about in TechCrunch uh, that have raised 10 L or are going for something too crazy. These are guys that and gals that you know own local businesses that you know make a, a couple hundred grand a year on something you would never believe, and they only work three hours a day, and they get to you know spend time at the beach in San Diego. Uh, I wanted to tell those stories and show that every man can do that. And uh, that's kind of what we've done. And it was all based on that book and that whole story. And it's, it's led opt out life. Mm, wow. That's incredible. Uh, <laughs> no, I love that story. It's, it's just because of all the, the seren, you know, serendipity or it's when luck meets preparation. Uh, that's when opportunity comes out. Sure. Of that. And you know, what has been your favorite thing about being a podcast host and, and uncovering stories so far? <laughs> Uh, 
it's just the uh, the amazing well there's a lot of stuff about it I mean, first of all i love having these conversations what i'm doing is just taking the conversations we've been having over coffee or beers for years and recording them and putting them out so it's just continuing to do what i love but it's really hearing like these the pivotal moments and the themes in them like we, we kind of came back to a few of those early on when we were talking here curiosity and audacity and going to these events and all these things like i find those in all these stories of people who have found some level of success. So it's like everyone does this slightly differently, but you start to find these themes. And it's not like every one of the people that come on Opt-Out Life are, you know, they're not like hardcore about, I need to be audacious, I need to go out and do this. Like it's one-off where, you know, a guy with one of the stories we had on was a knock-around sunglasses. They sell sunglasses. I actually have a pair right here with me. Um, For 25 bucks, 15, 25 bucks, just sunglasses but they're high quality versus some of the other stuff you would get and they built a cool brand and uh it started in college with with sky adam um in 2005 he was an art student and he just did it on a whim he bought a couple hundred dollars worth of sunglasses and started selling them around campus and when he graduated he had a few jobs he didn't like and he still kept the sunglass thing going and on a whim not long before he's probably going to shut the thing down, his friend asked him to come uh, pitch his business at a at an MBA course up at UCLA uh, just to kind of tell the story and explain it. And uh, he did that, and that led to an investor who uh, invested a couple hundred thousand in the business and saved it kind of when it was on a lifeline. And they've grown it now over the last seven or eight years, and it's probably going to do about $10 million in sales. And the audacity was... Him saying, okay, I'll drive up to L.A. And, and present about my business. He's never spoken about his business before. He's never tried to raise money. It's just kind of a side thing that he's had for a while that was fun. And that one moment changed everything. And it's cool to hear that in everyone's story um, and, and hopefully try to pass that those themes along to people and hopefully ultimately inspire them to, to do something like that with their life. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, that's I love that because that's – I think that's what life is about. It's about stories and, and really, um, you know, what, what your platform is, is just turning out, turning those stories into transformation and you're showing people how they can reset. So, which is, which is a, a lot right. of, uh, a lot about, you know, the people have quarter life crisis, midlife crisis, and people have different things that happen in their lives. So people are always wondering if I can actually opt out. So that's, um, it's fun. So let's pivot more to your family life. What is it like to travel with kids? <laughs> the question I got asked the most before Opt Out Life, and I still get asked it a lot. Um, it's challenging, you know. It's uh, I think people ask it, be, especially new parents, because you know maybe they've traveled uh, prior to having kids, and having kids kind of changes just about everything in life, and they want to know if they can keep doing it. And uh, the answer is yes. Uh, there are definitely some tricks and hacks that I could point out as we talk about it, but, but ultimately it's. It's about being willing to, to go through the pain to the gain. You know, it's, uh, there, there's more pain in traveling with kids than traveling alone. It's harder to kind of uh, just kind of go with the flow, but, uh, but we, the value you get out of it makes it worth it. So, so what it's like, uh, the plane rides are incredibly hectic and terrible, and sometimes you want to just land the plane in the ocean. But, uh, but you can uh, set it up for yourself to, to be a, a more enjoyable experience by packing a bunch of stuff for the kids to play with. And my wife's done a really good job about of figuring out, you know, how to, how to manage a flight with a, a one-year-old on your lap. And we've done, you know, 12-hour flights to Europe a bunch of times back and forth. And it's about keeping them occupied and, and buying a few of the little things that, like, there's this thing that you can inflate 
that you can stick in between your seat and the seat in front of you that basically makes like a, a bed for a kid to lay on so they can lay on the seat and this inflatable thing when they're you know still small. We had our son sleep on that thing for like six hours on a recent mm. flight back from uh, from Europe. Um, so there's little things like that that you don't even know exist that you find that you know <laughs> it makes it okay. Um, but there's some other things too. Like it's uh, kids are free to fly until they're two if you're down to have them on your lap. So you know we'll we'll go through that pain and and if there's a free seat on that plane, they're probably going to give it to you because they want you to you know you've got a little kid and everyone doesn't want the kid to be upset so we we've kind of rolled the dice and gotten lucky with uh, getting some seats on planes that save me you know 800 bucks or something like that on a round trip flight so uh you know we we we're able to travel more frequently because <clears throat> we look for some of those discounts and uh we we mat we man ourselves with a lot of these uh devices and toys and things like that to to make it more realistic and 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 that stuff's all fine and good, but the real nice part is you know being able to you know take my son. Um, here's a good example. His birthday is June 23rd, which is like summer solstice time, and we went to uh, Copenhagen on his birthday for his first birthday because up in Scandinavia, like you know the sun like barely sets that time of year, and they have a big party on the solstice. So you know I just remember him being up on my shoulders at midnight while they were like lighting the bonfire. I think they burn like stick witches or something like that in Scandinavia on the solstice as a tradition. So we were at this, you know, like family banquet where that thing's getting lit on fire and he's on my shoulders. And, uh, I mean, he may never remember it, but, uh, I definitely always will. So those goofy little experiences like that, (laughs) taking them around and I'm sure you're planting a seed, uh, for, for them to, uh, to, you know, be more open-minded and have a, a breadth of experience as they grow older, as they get older. I, I'm sure that's something you talk about a lot on this podcast yeah. too, is just, uh, experiencing different cultures and the value in that and more well-rounded people. And, and that's part of it too. And, and part of it's just trying to have fun with your kids. No, I, and, and, you know, I, it's very interesting to hear you say that. I'm, I'm also curious about the age of your kids, the age range. Yeah, I should have said that at the beginning, right? <laughs> Uh, one of them's four and the other one's one. So we've been doing the little kid stuff little kid uh, for stuff. the last three years yeah. or so. Yeah. yeah. No, this is, the, and that's very, that's a very practical tip. So anyone thinking about starting their life on the road or traveling, you know, hope, hope, uh, Nate's advice helped out there because, you know, I'm sure with, <laughs> as you grow older, it becomes a different thing and a different thing. So. Yeah, we'll I mean, I've got hundreds of tips. If you want more, come to Opt Out Life or hit me up. I've there you got go. a whole list of little things. <laughs> All that will be in the show notes. Opt Out Life. Here we go. Opt Out Life and every other way to connect with him um, will be in the show notes. Uh, as we're getting ready to wrap up, I want to just talk about a big part of your, your, your business as well. It's all well, two big parts. One are those, um, the real estate aspect and mm-hmm. making money with side gigs. So let's start off with real estate to achieve financial freedom. What can you tell us about that? In terms of what you do, well, I think if you know, I think it's pretty intuitive, I guess, that that real estate can be a good investment. I, I think you can, if if you've ever leased an apartment or rented an apartment or, or bought a house or whatever, like you, you know, it's an asset. And if you've ever paid rent, you're paying that to someone. So I think you can understand that if you're the one that's getting paid rent to, that that's a good thing for most part. Um, it goes well beyond that, though, especially uh, in the U.S. Uh, specifically with the the tax advantages of 
depreciation and, and, and some other things that you can play with with real estate. Like it was a game that I, I felt like a lot of people with money um, were real estate investors. I, I think it's created more wealth for anyone in the history uh, of America. And there's all kinds of stats about that. The percentage of millionaires that got it from real estate, blah, blah, blah. That made me curious about it. And, um, and meeting people like Dana, who's, who's owned hundreds of apartments and invested in a lot of real estate, um, was really interesting to me as too. And how I've taken that like interest and curiosity and gone to events and learned a little bit about it and put it to work was just by, you know, using what I could do with, with my limited resources, uh, by myself. I, I've bought a few single family houses, uh, back in Missouri where I'm from, uh, cause they're a lot cheaper there than California, obviously, and, uh, gone through the process of, renovating some of those and flipping them and then also by just buying and holding them. So I, I have a handful of houses I own that, uh, you know, people rent in good areas and they're really not that much maintenance or much hassle. And it's, it's nice to have someone else a mortgage because I've them and uh, I get a lot of like different tax rates and advantages with depreciation that come through to my personal tax returns. Even now that, um, you know, is, is not necessarily cash in your pocket, but when you start to learn about how these things work, um, it, it kind of is, it's saving you a lot of money over the, the short term and building a lot of wealth over the long term. So I won't try to get too nerdy on, on real estate stuff, but it's definitely something to educate yourself on and, and find an opportunity to kind of learn the, the aspects of doing a deal um, and hopefully find a way to, to start buying property. You know, there's a lot of opportunities for people who are just beginning to leverage low down payment financing to, to buy a duplex or a fourplex and have someone, you know, rent, rent out one and live in the other. Uh, we've got some cool stories about that on the opt out life of young entrepreneurs who have done that. Um, there's so many ways to chop it up and it's just a, it's a game you want to be playing. I think that has a lot of advantages for, for you long term. Yeah. No, and, and that's all on, Opt Out Life podcast, right? Yeah, we we talk, we try to limit the real estate talk, not to be too much, but we we bring it up on a lot of episodes because it's a it's a part of a lot of people who are entrepreneurial, who are, who are kind of you know alternative minded about how they're going to go about making money, and and people that would be attracted to the Opt Out Life, the people that we would have on the podcast, you know, they're not people that are just going to put all their money in a four hundred one k and wait till they're sixty five. Like these are people who want to be creative and do interesting things, and that's why I think they're drawn to real estate because there's more control. So we talk a lot about it, talk a lot about it on the podcast, and it's also in the book. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we'll have to put that, we'll have to put Dana's book, Opt Out, in, in the link as well as the link to the, the Opt Out Life podcast. Uh, last thing sure. before I, um, I ask, uh, before we ask the final question is, what, what about side gigs? You know, we live in a very gig economy now. So what are some <laughs> of the interesting things people can do for side gigs? You know, what's a good side gig to get into? I, I think the, obviously like driving uber or charging birds like that's something that's popular or you know some of the old school ones where you're mowing lawns of the weekend or, or teaching english as a tutor like, these are all side gigs i think people know about and are attracted to but uh, what we like to focus on with side gigs is they need to meet a couple of requirements um and then it could be anything but if it's something that doesn't take up too much of your time doesn't take a lot of cash to start is, is low stress and has a low ongoing capital requirement that can qualify, I think, as a side hustle because it's it's something that you should be able to do to test an idea out to make a little extra income, and it's not something that you're launching a business or pouring ten thousand dollars into. And I bring that up just to say that like side hustles are a great way for you to make extra income if that's all you want, but they're also a great way to test ideas to start businesses. So what we've seen on the opt out life is people that have started ten million dollar businesses like Knock Around Sunglasses that started as a side gig. 
So I think it's it, that that term has been kind of abused lately, where people are talking about everyone needs a gig and the gig economy, and they might not totally understand like what that could be. And these have been around forever. It's a it's a part time thing you do to make some money, and that's a great breeding ground for business ideas for ultimately taking back control of your income and time. If you have a little side gig like that's that's working, that's like your opportunity to say maybe I can quit my job and make this side gig a business. Or it's like, you know, maybe I can take some extra time off and go on that trip I want to go on because I have extra income from something I'm doing on the side. So remember those kind of requirements and find something that meets that and, and follow your curiosity to find side gigs, you know. Um, I, I think that that's where I've seen it pay off. For, for Dana, he started a side gig back in 1999 in the law library when he was in school by just writing about the stuff he was learning in class and publishing a website about it. It still makes him $3,000 a month to this day, a website he built about free legal resources while he was screwing around in the law library um, trying to learn how to code and publish online. So that was just a curiosity thing that didn't have a lot of expectations, and it's paid off long term. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Follow your curiosity. Like Jimmy always <laughs> says, Jimmy is our best friend. But um, yeah, that's good. This, 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 this is awesome. So now that you've dropped all this, this amazing knowledge, where can people now connect with you if they just want to hear more? They just like, I need to hear Nate Broughton more and Dana Robinson. So where can they find out? Obviously, uh, obviously optoutlife.com or look us up on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. Check out Opt Out Life. We got, uh, I think about 40 episodes live right now. Uh, we got a pretty crazy one coming out, um, here, I think in the next uh, week or two, depending on when this goes live, where we interviewed, uh, Boston George Young, the uh, the guy who was the inspiration for the movie Blow, uh, he's he's out of prison and he uh, he has a very cool opt out story. Uh, he was in our studio a couple weeks ago, so uh, that, I think that's one that might draw people in. Well, yeah, and, and just for so the audience understands what Blow is, I mean, I, I I'm familiar with the show, but maybe they don't know who who is he uh, <laughs> who is he for the audience. So he. Uh, it was a so blow. It was first a movie, and it came out in two thousand one, where Johnny Depp played this uh, this uh, I think it was the largest cocaine bust in U.S. history. Was a kind of mastermind and ran by a smuggler named George Young, nicknamed Boston George, and uh, it's a big cult movie. And he was uh, he was he sold marijuana and then eventually cocaine. He was basically Escobar's connection to the U.S. in the seventies and eighties. And uh, he's got a really cool life story that was, you know, kind of shown in that movie. But uh, he's actually still around. And we, we kind of told his story from an entrepreneurial sp- perspective. You know, he didn't just start out as a drug dealer. Uh, he was someone who, you know, worked jobs and was uh, and started some businesses. And it kind of just led to that. And the reasons why and the stories around that are pretty interesting. So that'll be on the opt-out life soon. Oh, well, there you go. If that doesn't draw you in, I don't know what else will. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, okay, uh, last question is my mission statement. Use your difference to make a difference. I always, this is the foundation of everything that I do, you know, and is very much w- what I strive to do every day. I wake up, encourage people to use their differences to make a difference and um, encourage people to remind themselves that uh, embracing things that are different from them is a very, very necessary thing in today's world. But how do you, Nate, use your difference to make a difference? I think that uh, it's personified mostly through the opt-out life today. I'm doing it more now than ever. I've I've always gone back to universities, like done like you know alumni mentor stuff and spoken to students because I've always been uh, I've always loved talking to kind of the, the young and hungry and and kind of telling my story. And I think my difference was just being willing to take some of those risks and the, those doing those outreaches and being audacious. So it's kind of some of these themes where uh, you know I'm kind of just like everybody else, except I. 
I have a few moments in the past where I, I did these things and I, I probably, you know, forgot about any of the reasons I shouldn't do them. So I, I'm trying to inspire other people to do that by showing them ways that dozens and dozens of other people have done it too. Oh, that's good. That's good. Wow. And, and we'll definitely make sure we have opportunities to connect with you in the show notes. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Really, really do appreciate you being practical in your explanations and explaining how you got to where you got to. So thank you. Of course, man. I love your show and it's fun to be on. Thanks for having me. Pleasure is mine. And ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> <laughs> till next time, use a difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 